<laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Catfish Weekly. I am Chad with Mr. Joss, the weekend angler, and the king of the fat heads and flatheads, Lyle Stokes. Gentlemen, welcome and good evening. Yes. Tonight, we will be discussing the Pilodictus Oliveris, a.k.a. the Shovelhead. Wow. What? Also known as the Flathead. Mm-hmm. Yellow Cat. Mud Cat. Mud Appaloosas. What'd you call me? Appaloosas. What about a Goujon? What? Yeah. <laughs> or a Johnny Cat. Yep. Or even a granny cat. Uh -huh. You did yeah. way too yeah. much research on this. Yeah. He studied too much, and Mark didn't think he knew nothing about him. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fat heads, yeah. Fishing Crappie will not have a show after this tonight. Uh, he has got some puppy issues that have happened, and he will hmm. be taking care of the, that deal. So, Absolutely. Josh. Yes, sir. Fathead number two, would you like to say hi to our beautiful, beautiful fans that are all here <laughs> to see me? I think I could do that. All right. Uh, see, starting out, we've got Mr. Catfish in Fresno. We also have Moonlight Fishing, Kentucky Redneck Outdoors, Mr. Avid Fisherman's in here, Mark Barnum, and that's Catfishing, uh, Carolina Catfish. See here, Van from V3 Customs. Uh, Crappie Day Fish On, 922 Crappie Barbecue. John Patrick Jr.'s in here. Member Brian B. Catfishing in here. And Van from V3 Customs, also a member. I missed that one as I was going through. Uh, Chucky's in here. Let's see. Big Wrench Catfishing. Fishing with Squirrel. Big Slim 91. Mr. Sean Abney's in here. There's Cindy Stokes. Cindy's in here. And see Troy from Real and Virtual Outdoors. Pontoon Jody is in here. There's Parker Pursuits. Cool Cats Fishing. Mr. Maurice Kaysen, uh, Joe Newman, chat's flying. Let's see here. Dale Hayslip. Let's see what we got here. David Funk. There is member Get Hooked on D Fishing. That's my favorite fields. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 my favorite. There's Mikey Greenwell from Greenwell Fishing. He was live earlier this evening out on the Ohio River. Uh, we've got Jeff Jacob. Michelle from It's All Mine. There's James from Patriot Catfishers of America. And I think we have reached the bottom of the chat list. So, No Dockery? You know he's watching. He's oh, just I do know he is, yeah. Not talking. I don't know. Reach the keyboard, so well, he, has he, to may, get, he, has he may have received a gift prior to the show that he is working on doing something with mm. a present. 
not from Santa. There's something wrong with there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I would never do that to you. Hell, you wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, everybody having a good week so far. Uh, it's only Monday. Yeah, it's Monday, and I got the fish, so I can't complain. Hey, it's yeah. Monday, and I didn't get the fish, and this is the uh, time of year for my business. So I'm just kind of I'm in the the bah humbug type hey, of feel right now, and I didn't get the fish all weekend. Humbug. Somebody took my bah humbug off, but yeah, I got you, man. Uh, yeah. I did. I didn't get the fish all weekend, so. Yeah, me either. But that's okay. It's the way it is. We had we had a great weekend. Uh, Cindy's family get together as the first weekend uh, of December every year. So it was really fun to get up there and see all of them. And um, her sister had a episode ended up in the hospital. One of them, and we didn't get to see her until later. But she got out after the after the family get together was over. And uh, you know how that works out, but we was glad to see that Pam was doing better, and and uh, we got to see everybody else. And I got to spend some time with a kid that, uh, from the time I was about seven or eight years old, I run around with until we graduate. I graduated high school, and then um, he married Cindy's sister, and things didn't work out there. But uh, you know we'd been friends our whole life, and I only get to see him at funerals and stuff anymore. And uh, he was invited out to their family get together, and and I got to spend the afternoon with Kevin and I. We had a great time. Made my whole weekend. So good. Did they call it high school back then, or was it? <laughs> it was just school. They they did. We was in an old college building part of the time. <laughs> but yeah, it was high school. Yeah, look, see Freddie right there. It, it my work is. Even bleeding over into the catfish community, <laughs> Freddie had me tracking his packages today. <laughs> so, thank you. I pray for I pray for us too. I pray for Dee a lot since she has to has live to, with me every day. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably right. Solo Texan Adventures, welcome. Hey, Texan gentlemen, Shell in here tonight. We started a little bit of a journey. A few weeks ago, talking about channel cats, and we've moved on. We moved on to the Goliath of all catfish, the blue. Well, of course, of your, you know, of the U.S. species. But this one here is kind of like the. Uh, I don't know. What, what would you call it, Lyle? The holy the big, grail. The big shebang. The king. The, whole, the holy king grail of catfish. Yeah. The holy grail of catfish to many. In the community, it is, and and you know, flatheads is chased by many, caught by a lot, but known as the best by most all. Mm -hmm. Whether you're using them for table fare or for fun to catch or the fight or whatever it is, when when you start catching flathead catfish, well, you're you're chasing the best of the breed. And um, some areas of the United States, there's more of them than others. And some areas, it seems like they're easier to catch than others. But the big ones are tough to catch anywhere you go. They, mm -hmm. they, they're hard to come by. Uh, they're elusive. Uh, 
they don't have a wide travel corridor like blue catfish and channel cat do, but they know how to use what they got, whether it be in a river or a lake or whatever. And, and uh, they know how to chase down their prey and get it. And that's why a lot of them live to be so old. And um, they're just, they're just a species that, that everybody reveres. And what makes you, what makes you think they revere them so much, right? I mean, because we've already talked about the catch. Okay. I think, I think, I think they're they're catching. you can mess up and catch a big channel. You can mess up and catch a big blue. If you've got baits in the water, time is on your side. Eventually you're going to catch a, a good sized fish. So you're saying that you think there's a lot more skill is the reason why. I think there's I a think whole so. lot more skill yeah. for catching flatheads. Yeah. Uh, now that, I'm not including trot liners and jug liners, stuff like that about catching them. I'm talking about rod and reel fishing. Right. It requires yeah. a lot more skill. You know, Jerry, Jerry Parker talked about it one time. We, we got to talking about fish. And Jerry from Parker Pursuits, I think he put this really, really good. He said, going after flathead is like deer hunting. You might sit in the woods all day to wait and see one deer. You might sit out there with your rods out all night to catch one, uh, catch one flathead. And they look cool. They That's do cool. look cool, Danny. <laughs> and Danny got here early tonight. Have you noticed that? He is in here early, and I'd like to, to thank Danny again. He won a jig mold from David Lehman on his live feed the other day and gifted that to me. So it was awesome. that was pretty outstanding with him. And I want to thank you again, Danny, for that. And I'll build some when I when I fire up the lead pot and I start making some, I'll send you some. I know this whole time I thought I was his favorite of the three, but that's okay, Danny. Come on, man. <laughs> you know better than that. I got the mold. See, Thomas from Laughing Cat Fishing has joined us tonight. Hello, Thomas. Fishing by Faith Outdoors. Welcome. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's right. Yeah. Anything to do with the shipping industry right now till what, Chad, mid-January is pretty tough? Yeah, you got up until the week of Christmas, everybody trying to get that last-minute delivery stuff, and then you take a couple days uh, where it's it dies down, and then all of a sudden you got all the returns. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, nice. I got <laughs> so... I would think that, that would be something to look forward to. <laughs> I need a break. Yeah. Let's talk about your neck. <laughs> what? <laughs> do we need to? Do we need to share? Um, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> right. No, no, no. Okay, just checking. Uh, so we're really actually are they winding down the fur flathead? season right oh yeah i'd say it's it's done around here i mean it, you've got water in the mid 40s they're done they're shut yeah, off that's usually what it is um i would like to mention jody i'm not sure i have anything to do with that um you'll have to check with the other members that's <laughs> <laughs> Did we mention that Mark is from Catfish and Crappie? He's not going to have a show tonight. 
Yep. I know. I was just bringing it up. We, we, yeah, we, we started out with the bit, you know, talking about fat heads. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mark Barnum said fat flat heads are tucked in their winter beds here. That's the truth. Guys, what do you say we touch on that for just a little bit? Because there's people that think, and there is areas in the United States, like in Alabama and Florida, a place like that, where you can catch them year-round. Now, what about what about places up here? I, I They go dormant up here in the wintertime, and, and I've watched videos of guys that have had live bait and cut bait and catch them on cameras where they just drop the camera down on hundreds of flatheads mm -hmm. and they put it right on their mouth right in front of them, not trying to snag them or anything and they never even wiggle um if you catch a flat in my opinion if you catch a flathead in the winter time you snag them now what about I mean some of these warm water lakes like the, the power the power plant that's lake. not the same thing because they would in those lakes you can catch them because yeah. the water temperature in most in the, in some areas of those lakes don't drop below fifty degrees and if it's fifty or above them flatheads they're are moving active. yeah and they're feeding <laughs> if they're active they're feeding they like to eat kind of like me you're how many here. weeks have you missed your show. In eight years, you've been hosting. I believe six. I believe six. Now, I could be off one or two either direction, but at one time it was five, and I think we missed one after that. But uh, there was a couple times when we didn't have good enough internet, believe it or not. I, oh. I, <laughs> I now. But I was so mad. I mean... You have no idea what I call them people. But, yeah, I believe that's right. I believe six shows in eight years is what we've missed. That's a pretty good record. Very, very good record. Thank you, guys. We, it was never intended to miss any. You know, we, we wanted to be here every week. And um, we had a death in a family one time, and, and we didn't do that. And um, if I remember correctly, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think we had a show when Lynn Lang died. And um, uh, I, I'm almost positive that was the case. But um, Lynn was a great friend to all of us. And, and of course, Doc, he's, he's the best there is. So um, I think uh, that we didn't have a show on purpose that time. But well, yeah. most of the rest of the time, there was something that happened that kept us from doing it. But when the first show first started, Cindy and I lived way out in the country and we had a windstream internet service and it was about as fast as dial up <laughs> and not nearly as reliable. And um, if you go back and watch some of the early shows, you can tell by the fuzziness and the imagery and all that it was pretty bad, but it's what we had and we used it. But, um, uh, once in a while, you just didn't get it. But in those days, Paul done most of the hosting from his house where he had really good internet. So, but some days he wasn't there or he was sick and, you know, the things that happened, but uh, we didn't, we haven't missed very many. We really haven't. And no reruns, you know, the only way you get to watch a rerun is you go back and watch it yourself. <laughs> they are all still out there. They are. Yeah. Dean's now messaging me apologizing. 
Oh, I'm going to have to start reeling you in. We have a topic tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, this is your show still. I mean, That's you do whatever okay. you want, Pops. I, I appreciate the fact that you try to keep me on, on topic. You know, I I'm here for you. I ordered me a Trump flag for 2024 today, so we don't want to get started on that. Reel it in real quick. All right. There we go. How about this one? Jody says she's interested interested to hear what's everyone's PB flathead. Fascinating how some waters have flatheads and the difference in size they catch. That gets us back on topic. Thank you, Jody. All right. I'll go. I mean, I know I probably got the smallest one, 34 pounds out of Lake Wiley. I got you beat for smallest one. No way. Yes, mine is like uh, my rod and reel flathead PB is just shy of ten pounds. It's like nine point eight or something like that. Brother, we're gonna have to get, oh, yeah. get targets on this coming year. I get, yeah. Now, now trot line, we've had them up, you know, twenty, thirty, whatever. But no, rod and reel, just under ten pounds, and I caught him suspend drifting on the Ohio. Well, I was gonna be like. 122 pounds. No, no, no. Um, Cindy and I talked about this, and and she thinks the numbers have been mixed up. But if I remember correctly, 87 was my big flathead. Or no, 87. Anyhow, it beat my my blue by one pound. One of I think it was 86 and 87, or 67 and 68. Uh, they're not giants. They're not giants. You know, I think it was 67 68. Those are both giants. I don't yeah, care if it's 67 greater or giant. They were a giant flathead. But the flathead was bigger by one pound than the blue. And most people know me as a blue cat fisherman because we fish tournaments all the year. But it was caught below the Clarksville Dam on the Mississippi River with a live bluegill. And um, we had struggled to get it in a boat. The two of us did. And. Um, it was a great fish, but oh, their their heads are so big and they're so. People say that blue the channel cat. Oh, damn, flatheads are ugly. Oh my god, they're the most. I think they are the most beautiful. The only the only catfish that I've ever seen a picture of or an image of that I thought was prettier than a flathead catfish is a red tail. Yeah, a flathead catfish is a beast of an animal. They are beautiful. Um, love to catch them. Now that we don't do so much tournament stuff, you know, maybe we'll try and, and target them a little more because they're in all the lakes and stuff around here. But the rivers where they're not harvested by line trot liners and stuff like that to death is where you'll find gigantic flathead. But you got to work to get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I love to catch them. They're a lot of fun. They stay on the bottom. And, and a lot of people think that they're just down there running around. Well, they're fighting you. They don't want to come up. They like the dark and they like the depth. So, Brian's um, got us all beat, Chad. What's Brian got? Hey, that's Brian, almost Brian's as big as triple zero. That's almost Brian's as big as the PD Potomac Blue Cat. As much as he fishes, he's never caught a flathead. Yeah. I tell you, I've never caught one bumping. And I know guys have. But I've never caught one bumping. All I've ever I've caught never had a single fish bumping. So, yeah. catch but I have caught flathead dragging baits, which is interesting to me. Dragging cut bait. Uh, that was how you know I had cut skipjack or moon eye that day that I caught mine suspended. 
And, I've caught uh, several of them like that. I ain't never took a rod out of my daughter <laughs> Caitlin's hand so fast that I saw that flathead on there. I'm like, oh, nope, this is mine. Oh, so. wait a minute. <laughs> Jody, I'm not sure what that means. Um, flatheads have a digital ca camo pattern. I think it's camo pattern is what she's oh, trying to say. Yeah, little marble lines, all different, just beautiful. Yeah, that's flatheads have really cool coloring to them. They do, and one of them will be almost black. The next one will be kind of a a dark brown or a tan. Uh, they look, they're spotted, some of them. And I think some of that has to do with the light that they have around them as they, mm -hmm. as where they're at. But my God, they're so, they're so beautiful. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah, I think they're, that's one of my, my favorite things about them is they're so unique in colors. Absolutely. And stuff like that. They're just gorgeous fish. Now, I'm going to say something here that most people will not understand, maybe. But I like to eat all catfish. But there's something about a flathead that they're the taste of them, the texture of the meat, they are, are above and beyond all the rest of them. Now, with that being said, uh, I've ate a lot of them in my lifetime. But in the last 20 or 30 years, I can't bring myself to kill one if it's over five or six pounds, I just can't because I know what it's going to look like when it reaches yeah. 30 or 40 or 50 pounds. And, and uh, it's hard to take them kind of fish. It's hard for me to take them out of the breeding pool, but they are, they are really, really good table fare. But with anything, the smaller ones are always better. I agree. I, you know, you all thought I was so impressive when we opened the, the show and started getting a scientific name and stuff out there, but you know, you know, I've heard different stuff about like blue cats and you know, you know how much they produce as far as eggs and stuff. But you know, I've, I've been reading, I was reading up on this too, just because I do want to be educated with what I'm saying. And it was saying, um, twelve hundred eggs per pound is wow. what. A per pound is what a female flathead will lay. So a fifty-pound flathead could put sixty thousand eggs in wow. one brood. I wonder what the survival rate are then. Now, yeah, now obviously, it, you know, it's probably the same as most other, where it's only a tenth or something mm -hmm. like that that you know survive to be Ew, that's whatever um and then a majority of those get eaten by their own kind too so. richard ward oh, Matt hey richard fishing. welcome my friend lance mccoo guy but yeah I, the camo i didn't realize what she was getting at there until after you explained a little bit but they are so unique and you might get 10 of them that are swimming together, probably litter mates um, in an area, and they none of them look the same. They just Something don't. Like. So I, I love looking at them. They're awesome. Oh, they're just, they're all around good looking fish. They are. I mean, they're. Well, they look, and they even look the fittest of all fish, all of all the captains. They, mm. you know, they're they're hey, built. Mike. They're like me. They're they're husky. They got a little belly on them, <laughs> but they got some broad. They got some broad shoulders, bro. Uh, I'll tell you, 
Big Muffin. About them that that I really like is is um, they're not predictable at all, and, and I don't believe I, yeah. I'm a firm believer that fish feed a lot. You know, maybe once a day. Some of them feed twice a day, depending on their metabolism and the water they're in and the amount of bait that's there. But a flathead is going to feed nearly every night. Now, they might feed during the day, which they do because you can catch them during the day. And I've caught as many during the day as I have at night. But they like darkness. They like to be alone. They like brush piles. They like all kinds of structure. If you can find structure, there's a good chance there'll be a flathead mm -hmm. there. And he might be sleeping there. He might be resting there. He might just be in there chasing down everything that's around that's smaller than him. Because if it's smaller than him, he's probably going to eat it. Yeah, Fish and Freedom was saying 1%. That's right. Things, so. that's, that's with all catfish, though, I believe. Um, yeah, that's right. You can go to the Missouri Department of Conservation. They have all kinds of studies like that on their website. I can't tell you how to look it up. Some of it's a little bit hard to find, but if you contact them, they will send you a link to all of their studies if you want to know about them. But, that, yeah, they had a deal in there several years ago where about 1% of them is, is the survival rate on any catfish uh, that's having eggs. So, Yep, there we go. Heck, yeah. Um, Dave Garcher, welcome. So you think out of the sixty thousand that that one female might look like one percent? What? It's, it's still six thousand eggs. Mm -hmm. That's ten percent, right? So it'd be six hundred. Six hundred. Six hundred of them to sexual maturity to be able to reproduce. I'll take it. Welcome, Mike Marilla. Yeah. Matt, if want to be outdoors, we well, have you guys in here. Mark Barnum. But I say that because, you know, it's it's something we talk about. You know, we talk about selective harvest or, you know, doing CPR and stuff like that. And then them breeders, you know. Breeders, everybody loves to catch them. But it is very imperative unless they are deep hooked or for some reason mm -hmm. or you, you just want to eat one. And that's your right. But don't keep them all. You need to return some yeah. of the breeding size fish back to the water for that 12,000 pound uh, spawn every year because that's how come we keep getting them. Parker says the big flats are the bull of the woods when it comes to stalking out a piece of structure. Yeah, they're very territorial. Yes, they are. I used to fish with a friend of mine. Name is Keith Atkins. Lives over between Columbia and Jeff City, Missouri. Him and I fished together a lot. And we would go places where we knew that there was big piles of brush and crap down the water. And he'd put a bluegill on about that big and drop her right down the middle of it. And I'd fish out away from that brush pile. And he'd sit there with his hands on that rod. Because if he got one on, it was brutal end of man combat. He was going after him. And once in a while, he'd get one. Uh, and he'd get broke off or he'd get it in or whatever the case was. But he didn't fit. He fished with one rod in a brush pile and I'd fish all around it. Yeah. And that's how we that's how we fished in those days. That was a long, long time ago. Jody, that'd be a year. That'd a year. Be, so be a year. I have I have a uh, a biologist on tap here who has given me some valuable information that a rule of thumb with each of those fish is that uh, only half of the eggs will make it through the first year. Mm -hmm. Every year that number cuts in half again. That sounds right. 
That sounds right. Welcome, Ooh, Tom. We go. Bass. Danny Stone said, watch this. Lyle, what do you think of people who noodle or go hogging for those big flat? We've and lost the show here. Here we go. Um, I actually done a lot of work with that years ago. Uh, the Conservation Department of the State of Missouri allowed that for one year. And the numbers were so detrimental that they <laughs> shut it off after that year. Um that's the worst thing that you can do because not only do you lose that, the only time you can be successful with noodling is when they're on the nest. Mm -hmm. And you pull that female or male off the nest, they do not go back. It's a proven fact. And again, you go to the Department of Conservation in the state of Missouri and they have, they have studies that prove that. So you lose that and then that flathead is gone from that area. Yep. It'll go somewhere else. And you're not going to catch that where it's at again, unless something will happen to yep. it to the next spot. But you lose that entire fry, so all of them are gone. And from what I've seen, anybody that that catches noodles, catfish by hand, they never throw them back. So not only have mm -hmm. you lost that litter, you lose every one of the rest of whatever the expectancy of that fish's life is because they're going to take it home and harvest it. And their whatever their legal limit is in that state, they will take all of them every day that they go that they catch. Uh, so, yeah, I, there's nothing good about Newland catfish. Uh, in my opinion, you should be taken to court and uh, tried for the death sentence and see what happens because all you're doing is killing fish for generations to, to come. That's just me. Suit you, did Danny. Good job, Danny. <laughs> hey, I don't disagree with you. I mean, especially, you know, you know, there, there's a lot of videos and stuff out there of noodling and all that kind of stuff. And me, one, I, I am never sticking my hand down into a turtle, snapping <laughs> turtle, <laughs> so right. but. Yeah, there's people that have made that sport very big. There's, you're right. I would love to go with somebody. I, not that I want to see the the uh, fish lost or the fry lost or anything like that, but I would love to see it done one time. I'm not going to be doing it, but I'd love <laughs> to see somebody do it once. Well, I mean, I think there's one that most guys would uh, – Bring up that is a big one that's got everybody interested. That's a you know Hannah Baron, yeah, you know, yeah. and her family. I mean, they are huge into it. And yeah, they they come up here to Wren Lake at least once a year. Yeah, but it, it, you know they're making people think that it's cool, and but they're not mm -hmm. what you the education part that you just instilled right there of what is actually happening pulling those fish off of those nests isn't being done right. We was we was at a show. Um, where we was invited to go up there and set up and we talked about, I've done seminars and uh, for two days and uh, we set up and we showed rods and we talked about catfish weekly. This is a long time ago. It was in North Missouri and uh, Ricky Brackett, they used to have the TV show. He was set up behind us and him and I talked and, and, and visited back and forth doing them seminars and stuff. But um, the, a, a big organization from Oklahoma come up to that also and they was trying to promote noodling. So they come out when I was out in those days, I smoked and I was outside smoking and he met me in the hall and I walked outside. And he said, man, I really need your help. And I said, what can I do for you? He said, 
we come all the way up here from, from Oklahoma to promote catfish dude, and I need somebody to be on my side to help me get this the word out. I said, dude, you're the wrong dude. I said, I will never help you. And he said, well, why not? I said, because you're killing all the fish. And I said, not only that, you're killing all the fish for years to come. Yeah. And he was trying, he's just listening to my point. I said, I ain't listening to none of your shit. I ain't going to hear it. Well, and I turned around and walked off, and he got a case of the red ass over that, which if I'd have been trying to get him to listen to me and he'd have walked off, I'd have probably got mad too. <laughs> but it was the other way around. I didn't care. But, yeah, um, I just uh, I just don't believe in it. And, and like I say, I'm, I'm sure it's a great sport. It's just not for me. I, I don't because, I mean, you're talking about what uh, – it's not just grabbing that fish by the mouth. I mean, if you, if you ever watch what they're doing, you know, Sometimes they're doing it with um, where they're putting their, their hands all the way down into the gills and they're pulling and ripping that gill. Mm -hmm. Or they're going, they're going in with you know the, the lines and doing the same thing and they're pulling yeah. those fish. Them fish what are those good fish doing? It's not like a, a hook that's you know in the in the lip yeah, or no. something you know, like that. You're, even if you're releasing those fish, you've done damage to those. You've done a lot of damage and likelihood of even surviving. You run Even if they put it back through their gills, or through their gills, it's. I when I was very young, my brother lived. He was married to his first wife and lived over in a little bitty house on the other side of town. We went over there one day, and there was a guy that had a the biggest at that time. I didn't know if fish got that big. They had it. They had noodled it, caught it on the Mississippi River, and they they got it out, and it was hanging in this guy's garage. And then we was just in awe. And the other guy come out that actually got it, and he had got a hold of a beaver. And he was beat like a redheaded stepchild up one side, down the other. Uh -huh. Well, that beaver's tail had whipped him half to death when he why, stuck why his hand. He got it in the wrong hole, and he got that beaver, and that beaver was bad. And, you know, you're most of the time you're not in very deep water, and they was underneath Man. the pit bank, and that he got all that beaver. And where it didn't bite him, it beat him with that tail. He was whooped pretty bad. So, I, you know. I didn't realize what was going on, but as I got older and got to think about it more, I thought about it, funnier got, but it was him and not me. So I, I didn't think it was funny being beat by like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah. I've, I've been there before. I'm sorry, son. <laughs> There's Mr. Mr. Kevin from Palmetto Cats has joined us. Kevin. Hey, Kevin. And that's right, Danny. Danny Stone, you got us all worked up on Danny that. Got, Danny got Lyle all fired up, and Chat got all fired up about bow fishing while we yeah. were on this subject. Yeah, I, saw that I don't like that either. Yeah. Welcome, I Dan don't, I don't. I go back and forth on this. I don't have an issue with bow fishing as long as you're shooting the right fish. That's right. Should I do? I think you ought to be able to shoot catfish. Absolutely not. Do I no. think you ought to be able to shoot sport fish? No. But the rough fish, the gar, and the uh, Asian carp. Asian carp and all that stuff. Yeah, even big head ahead. carp. Yeah, you know, even big head carp. Get rid of them. All. You know, kill them all if you want. You're not going to. You know, I can promise you, you can go out and bowfish every day and shoot all the Asian carp you want. And you're not going to put a dent in the population of Asian carp. That is correct. You'll never. Nobody will ever know the difference. <laughs> but let's, you know, bowfishing no is no different than shooting a deer with a bow. And if I was going to be shot, I would much rather be shot with a gun than a bow. Mm -hmm. If you've seen the holes they put in things, and bow fishing is not, no different. Uh, I cannot imagine. It's it's kind of like snagging. They, they snag for spoonbill. Yeah, uh -huh. we used to do that. But 
every once in a while you'll get a big blue or you'll get a big mm-hmm. flathead and the gashes that it tears out of them you can't keep those fish you got to return them to water by law mm-hmm. most of those fish are never going to survive but you can't keep them and there's something wrong with that and I, but i don't know what to do about it because i don't want people going out snagging blues and flatheads either but if they get a big old gash out of them and they're going to die it's a shame to have to put them back and so something to think about but it's the same way of shooting them with a bow if if you shoot them with a bow and they got a big old hole in them chances are really good they're not going to survive so why would you put them back the, the key is just don't allow shooting a sport fish in the state of missouri catfish are sport fish now i know it's not that way everywhere but it should be and if you want regulations, that's how you get them, is by making catfish sport fish. I'm done. <laughs> I could see wow. the, I could see the hand on the reel already. Miles <laughs> off his soapbox now. You're good. You're good. Creole, you missed it. We Danny Stone got Lyle all fired up for about the past 10 minutes. So he did. But Lyle, let me ask you a question. I you know, I am by no means an authority on flathead i've caught two on rod and reel one was out suspend drifting and one was uh bank fishing during the uh uh, mississippi river rats one one afternoon but if you're out and you're targeting flatheads and you catch a decent sized flathead are you going to continue to fish that spot or are you going to go somewhere else are they territorial enough that they won't hold up together I think it depends on the size of them, Josh. And here's why I say that. We was fishing, Marky and I was fishing one time on the Osage River, part of Lake uh, Ozark, or Truman, actually. And we pulled in, and on side imaging, I seen a fish over by a uh, underwater tree. The part of it was sticking up, but the, most of it was underwater. I said, I'm going to throw this bait over there. I had a live bluegill. I'm going to catch me a flathead. <clears throat> And three or four minutes later, I caught about a five-pound flathead. I said, I'm going to throw it over and see if there's another. About 10 minutes later, I caught one that was about eight pounds. And then that never happened again for a long time. And Cindy and I was in a tournament, and uh, it was below Quincy, Illinois, below the dam there. And we had been up there scouting, and we pulled into what was a creek channel. And a buddy of mine had already went up this creek channel. Again, side imaging, there was a, a, a... tree underwater and i marked two fish right on that tree i told city i said there's two flatheads right there we stopped cast our lines out and boom i got the first one and got the second one on and it got off before i got the boat we wasn't 15 20 feet from that tree and i got one lost one well we ended up getting second in that tournament if i'd have got both them flatheads we'd have won it but it got off and now if they're 30 or 40 pounders I think one will keep the rest of them whooped off and keep them out of there, especially if there's groceries around. But when they're small like that, 15, 20 pounds, uh, I think they still will will get more than one of them on a, on a piece of structure, especially if it's a big brush pile. You'll have to get four or five of them in there. And uh, Keith would catch two or three at a time out of some of them, but now they wasn't giants. If they'd have been, if they'd have been a 40 or 50 pounder, I'm thinking one's all you're going to get. They're too territorial when they get that size. That's my opinion. Tall Betty has arrived. CQ What's up, Chris? We're just talking shovelhead tonight. 
What? What'd you say? What? Wow. What did, what did you say? I, I didn't say shit. I can call him the Tyler Dictus on Oliveris. I don't know. What you're <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I kind of like that, though. Welcome. The Osage is loaded with everything. You're right, buddy. <laughs> it's a great it was kind of like that, that time up in Mendota where, you know, you tripped, o- you tripped over Dockery. I stepped on him by accident. You tripped over him, fell on him, and then Mark tripped over you. You fell on it. There was a big pile of dictus. Um, What? A big pile of dictus, (laughs) Oliveris. Wow. (laughs) Oh, man, that's that's rough right there. (laughs) Jeremy says, yellow cats are extremely territorial. One big one will definitely move the smaller ones out of the prime spot on a piece structure. I'm that is so yep. no truer words have ever been spoken that I'm aware of. Whoop, how did we do that? I don't know how we did that. I, I was, was going after I Parker don't know what you two are doing. I'm just kind of lost. Yeah, you gotta leave Josh alone, just let him go. I think. Welcome, Paula Smith. Glad to see you in here. Hope you're feeling well. And Parker said, Good rule of thumb. If you're getting pecked to death by little channel cats on the structure, there's probably not a big flathead present. That's I'm guessing he's right a very about good that. point. <laughs> yeah. And just so there's no confusion of what I am saying, that is the scientific name of the shovelhead, aka flathead. The polydict. <laughs> I can't even say it now. Oliver. Oh, wow. oh my goodness! You can tell me what you you think all the time. I I will not disagree that a shovelhead is also a a motorcycle, but. <laughs> I will let you know that the flathead goes by several, several names. And one of the other names listed is the shovelhead. That is what they do it for a very, very long time. Creole calls them yellow cats. We call them a granny cat, a Lyle cat. What? Uh, what? <laughs> Nothing. That's her new name. That's her new name. Oh, no. I, if I was going to name it after Lyle, I'd call it a grumpy cat. Maybe a sleepy cat at this time. Sleepy, of, time yeah, of year. sleepy cat this time of year. Oh, what have I done? You guys, I thought you guys was going to be good for me. <laughs> I, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There we go. Creole says the smaller fish will still relate to the same piece of cover. They just won't be in the prime spot. That's for sure. They'll be that on makes, the outside edge. It is an Ohio Valley type deal where people call it shovelhead. Welcome to Animal. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to even say to you. It will be named Fireball Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Doc, said, After the picture I saw before the show, I would call it the Sleepy Cat. <laughs> there he is. We wondered where Dockery was. Dockery. Cincinnati cat. Cincinnati cat says, Lyle, is that supposed to say you love flatheads next to your name? I don't know. I didn't do that. Somebody put that on there, but I do like them. I love them to death. They're they're the king of cats, in my opinion. I know uh, we probably should have put a poll up before this started. So what do you think about that? Are they the king of cats? In my opinion, yes. I think you probably should have. Yeah. yeah. I just I wish I'd have thought of that earlier. Me too. Anyone that says shovel head in chat is getting timed out. See you, Jody. 
<laughs> oh man, couple crosses Texas. Uh, Betty, look out. <laughs> she said, oh, I don't think he can tie so, it. still green. <laughs> we talked about though, like you know, blue cats, they travel great distances. Um, you know, a lot of the conversations that I've heard about flatheads is the travel is, you know, especially comparatively small compared right. to blue cats and stuff. Um, you know, a mile or two one way or the other is typical from where they're, you know, typically staged up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, what do you think is a, a long way for, for flatheads to actually travel? And what makes them travel longer distances? The the information that I've got from the Missouri Department of Conservation, they feel like the average distance that a flathead in our area move is around one mile. Now, I know that in different waters, that'll vary. In rivers and lakes, it probably is going to vary a little bit. But the average, they're, they're figuring overall, the average would be one mile. Now, I'm sure there's some of them that travel more distances than that. I think a lot of it, <clears throat> their travel corridor will be governed by bait and by how many other flatheads of their size are in their area. Now, that's that's not something that the conservation department said. That's just my opinion. Well, I made it a point. I mean, I know you, you follow a lot of the, the Missouri Department of Conservation, but yes. I made it a point to look at various ones, and I was looking at um, a couple, and I, I ended up in like North Carolina, their, their conservation and stuff like that. They've done studies as well, sure, of where you know they've tracked uh, flatheads move up to twenty three miles. Wow, that's a, see, that's a long way. Yeah, and, but I wondered the same thing. What you were just saying is that due to bait migration, or is it you know when they're when they're hatched as they grow older? Is it them moving into their area, you know, outside of the bigger fish that was already there, right? Something like that. To go with that, Chad, a lot of the areas out out east like that are on that um, water that goes tidal water, which we don't have (laughs) any tidal water. So uh, I don't know if that would make any bearing on that or not, but it possibly could. I think t- I find tidal water very intriguing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it would take a while for us Midwesterners that never see that to learn that aspect of fishing tidal water. But the guys out there that's got it figured out, they got it going on. See, oh, I no. don't know that it would. No. If you, even if the guys that fished up there in like the Potomac, there's a, you know a certain area that they would have to go to where they say you know, there's no flatheads ever caught up here. There, you have to go down by this point. Or, or below to catch flathead, right? So I don't know the tidal waters would have any bearing on that. They might. They might. I, I don't I, know. Yeah. But, I, you know, I find t- tidal water very intriguing because we just don't have it. And when you don't have it, it's hard to understand it. At least for me. So, there's that. But, you know, and again, I don't know how much structure they have out there in their their rivers and lakes and stuff compared to what we have here. Um, <clears throat> if I go, I know what I'm looking for here. 
Mm. Now, what are you looking for? Structure. What wood. kind of structure? That wood. Wood and rocks, mostly wood. Down trees, uh, tree root balls, but down trees in general. Cut banks along the edge of a river or a river channel in a lake, where there'll be a cut bank that goes up inside there. Notoriously great spots for flathead catfish. I think that's an interesting question I'd like to touch on. What was that? I mean, how much does tidal have on the movement of catfish? Wouldn't they just stay put unless they go under go underwater? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how I think, it works because yeah, I don't fish tidal water. But see, I mean, to me though, a lot of those tidal waters, when they move, it moves fast. It it creates mm -hmm. quite a bit of quite a bit of current where flatheads are you know, more apt to be in the in the you know a little bit you know um, slower moving of current not that they don't like current but they're not probably going to be out there in the faster currents as the um as i say a blue is they're going to find a little bit slower current if, I, if i'm not mistaken but um you know what i i can't even compare to the missouri because i have no idea if there's anywhere body <laughs> slows well, down out there well, but uh, I, I plan on coming out there one of these days, but is that what you find out there too? Is those are found more in like the slower bends and stuff like that, where mm -hmm. they're picking up those those flathead? Yeah, a lot of times in them, them outside bends like that, uh, when the water starts dropping and trees are still coming down the rivers, that's where they'll drop, deposit those trees. You'll find them trees, yeah. and root balls, and stuff like that. Jeremy says yellow cats can also tolerate brackless water, apparently, which is true. The divers see them when doing their inspections on the floodgates down south. But not only that, but in the summertime, you'll find brackish water in small creeks and uh, rivers that lose their flow, and there'll always be flatheads in there. They just, they're there. They don't care if the water's clear. They don't care if it's, <coughs> they don't care if it's brackish. Um, but I will tell you this. If you find a spot where a water is coming out of a creek and it's muddy coming out of that creek and it hits a main body of a river or a lake and there is a line, a seam, mm -hmm. where the muddy water hits the more clear water, you better be putting some baits right there. Because every kind of catfish that's in there, some of them will be feeding on that area. I promise. Getting that wash out, huh? That's right. <clears throat> Because it's it's washing stuff out of that creek or or small river, and it hits that other and it deposits it right there, and something's going to be eaten right there. If I say no. shovelheads three times fast, does it turn into a flathead? Shovelhead, shovelhead, shovelhead. <laughs> oh, well, my question. My question for, for Creel with those divers that he's talking about, do, are there shovel head down there the size of Volkswagens? I was covered that in the Mythbusters show that there are no catfish the size of Volkswagens. <laughs> Brian says they catch quite a few flats in the turbulence below low head dams and spillways. That is, that is one of the things. You go back behind some of those spillways, and that's they will lay up in there. Here's a nice comment. Steve Ransom says, I don't think that flatheads like brackish waters as well as blues. Maybe not, but they'll get up in there. But blues, it just don't matter to them. They're just looking for a free meal. 
So wherever they're at, but it, brackish water, you have to fish it different. You do clear or stained water. You just do. There's, there's like shenanigans going on in the chat now. I'm not sure what what uh, what button he was talking about, but uh, it is what it is. Beast pretty small falls away. Um, for those of you that don't know, and I'm going to bring this up while it's fresh on my mind, we had a, a show that we done the other night with uh, James Dockery invited some of us in to do a show um, on a Wednesday night. Creel was in there. If you get a chance, go back here and watch it. You get to see people that more like their regular self <laughs> than you may ever see again. Yeah, just remember, it's a not safe for work show. It's, it's I mean, not it's safe uh, for your kids. It's just the, the, the a fil fun The filters show. are off. Yeah, we will be doing that probably again this week. But yeah. um, James Dockery Fishing, you got to check him out and uh, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Yeah, got to okay. subscribe to Dockery. That, that's it. And uh, I we're think gonna he's try planning to on doing that again uh, this week. So. Yeah, we're going to try to keep him going at it as long as we can because we really did have a good time, uh, even if it was Dockery. Yeah. <laughs> I you know here's the here's a question that we haven't touched on. Um is is bait for flathead catfish. Yeah. I don't think that they are scavengers as much as channel cats and blues myself. I think they're a little more specific. For a long time, I didn't think you could catch one on anything except live bait. I proved that wrong by catching seven one night on cut bait. Now, I'd never caught a, a flathead on cut bait up until that night, and I've never caught a one on cut bait since that <laughs> night, and that was probably 20 years ago. But I know lots of guys specifically target flathead catfish with cut bait. But for me, a live bullhead four, five, six-inch live bluegill, green perch, sunnies, any kind of any kind of uh, panfish like that are great flathead bait. Uh, and if you really want to see the action, figure out how to, to make your, your bait be right underneath the surface of the water at the, at the beginning of the night. And I promise you, when that fish starts dancing around at the end of your rod, it's fixing to get tagged by something that's <laughs> bigger than it is. It is lots of fun. Yeah, that brings me in. You, you, uh, yeah, he's right about that. They're great bait. You, you talked about the bait, but uh, is your oh, no, Steve. What happened? Sorry. Oh, God, we're going to lose it now. Oh, no. <laughs> Hates to say it, but it was all chicken. <laughs> Danny, there was what you needed to say earlier if you yeah. want to get him fired up. Asian carp, um, I'm sure Asian carp become a natural bait source for all fish in, in the major rivers and stuff. So I'm sure he's right about that. But, uh, yeah, I've never caught one on chicken. Uh, but I have to use on, it to find out. Both, so. both of mine have been on cut bait. I want to say both of them were on cut skips. But yeah. I, I've caught I've – caught, a majority of my flathead was cut bait. Uh, bluegill, bluegill head, um, shad, uh, shad. I, I took a lot of them on a shad, skim jack, stuff like that. 
but that doesn't mean I don't try with the live baits from time to time, you know, live bluegill or uh, like you was talking about bullheads, carp. Oh, um, you'd be surprised what will, what will eat a, a, a two to three, four pound carp. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a blue or a flathead. If they're out chasing something to eat, oh, yeah. um, they'll chase down a two pound carp and just gulp it. If they're big enough to get it in their mouth, it's gone. Yeah. They, they, oh, yeah. They chase them down in current all year. So, yeah. Oh, Freddie, come on. Get out of here. Freddie, I'm going to fire you on Thursday. Again. <laughs> but honestly, I, if I'm fishing, if I'm actually targeting them, I, I'm going to probably try both if I if I can if I can keep the bait alive, you know, bluegill is typically fairly easy to keep alive. Shad, not so much, but uh, well, I love to use shad on our bumper too. Right now, this time of year, shad, shad are really easy. Oh, yeah, this time of year, but like but you just shad, said, yeah, time, you work at. The, the, flat, the flathead bite now, you, you're going to be a lot more hard-pressed to find a feed flathead. Oh, I think so. Mm -hmm. um, in my area, you'd be hard-pressed to get one to go right now. I've heard that, Parker. What is Parker? He said live bass are good flathead bait. That's what they tell me. I I've been told to that. One. I think if they can use them in North Carolina for bait, I should be able to use them here. But since I cannot, I plan on eating every one I catch. <laughs> so, do you change your uh, change your presentation method? Like, are you going to rig up differently if you are specifically targeting flathead? I'm going to use a Carolina rig most of the time with a float on it. I'll say it depends on if, if I'm using a float, which you know it's half the time. Other than that, I'm going to use like I'm, I've got plenty of them on uh, Carolina rigs and Santee Cooper type rigs. Just yeah, just keep well, it on. That's, that's what I mean with a float. That, that yeah. cause Sandy Cooper. No, rigs. I mean I mean yeah, I mean I'm talking from the bank. That's how I always used to fish. You know, I never, I really hardly ever used the uh, you know the cigar floats or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I think that that um, floats with them down underneath the surface just a little ways. I think it would be a great way to catch yeah. flathead catfish. In fact, if I was if it was fall or spring or summer right now and the water temperatures was 60, 70 degrees and I was going to go out and target catfish, I would suspend them this far below a float and throw them up next to a brush pile. And like I say, when that bait starts moving around and going crazy, it's fixing to meet some fish's tummy. Yeah, we've seen them. We've seen them go crazy under the float. You know, you'll see the float start taking off. You know, they'll be sitting there yep. on that brush pyre for so long, and then the next thing you know, he's hightailing and out to the middle of the lake. So you yep. know that something got his attention. He said, "Nope, I'm getting out of here." Yeah, I'm going. I'll tell you somebody that can tell you a lot about catching uh, flathead catfish on on uh, floats is our buddy Luke Hinges. He does a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And I've watched him when he was going live a few years ago and, and using floats. And, dude, he watched the floats start dancing around. He'd say, here we go. And it wasn't too long till it was gone, and he had a flathead on. Yeah, my, my hookup ratio on him is atrocious. Yeah. What's your all's favorite bait when fishing on the arc? No, not your all's. Your no. Giraffe. Wow. 
Brian, you're awful. Oh, Danny Stone just gets roadkill. If 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 Lyle would have known that chicken would have been such a popular bait nowadays, he'd have used it. He'd have used both of them on he, that. Arc. He would have never let it on the on the ark. I have to tell you that I've known chicken was catfish bait for probably 40 years. I'll say, yeah. We've... Um, I, and I'll tell you how I know. <clears throat> There's a guy that lives in the St. Louis area that back in the old days was as successful. Shut it, Dockery. As successful tournament cat fisherman back in those days as there was, his name is Danny Southen. And Danny would go to these tournaments and he'd have shad and skipjack and live bluegill and chicken livers. And if it ever caught a fish for anybody that he ever knew, he had it in that boat. And when everybody else never knew about using chicken, Danny was using whole pieces of chicken, chicken legs, <laughs> chicken backs, chicken breasts, the whole breast. He was using them in tournaments years ago. What'd you catch them on? Cut bluegill. <laughs> he never told you the truth. And guys got to going with him because he, I asked him and another guy one time, I said, you guys both fish by yourself. Why don't you all fish together? He said, I can't get along with that son of a bitch. And the other said the same thing. Can't get along with nobody. Danny tried to take his wife and his wife told me, she said, I will never get in a boat with him again. And I thought, well, I kind of understand that because he is a little cantankerous. But if there was anything ever caught on a bait, he had it in his boat with him. Every time he went out and he caught giant fish and he caught a lot of them, and I knew he was catching fish on chicken years ago. I never wanted chicken promoted because it should never be used in tournaments. Should never be used in tournaments. You should always have to use natural bait to the water you're fishing. Would that include duck? If you catch one, yeah, legally. You've caught one, haven't you? Or was that a goose? Oh, yeah, mine was a Canadian geese. My son yeah. caught a uh, beaver one time. It was had this little beavers. It was up on a ledge and cast up in there with a bass lure and stuck it right on that beaver. And I made it cut his line. <laughs> he was about twelve. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think stuff. And, you know, it's just like if I still run in um, tournaments, uh, live scope would be allowed. I don't care if it made people mad or not, because I don't find that that is is um, the right way to do it. But that's just me, you know. Parker, bring those to Baldwin. Barn pigeons. That's probably better than chicken. Don't highlight Creole's comment. Okay. Where's Creole? Chad's tournaments have oh. all been won by chicken, correct? I don't know. Man, I do not know. But well, yeah, that's, I don't think it was. I, I know, everybody's note has been used, but it just got yeah. popular here recently. Yeah, and I still say the main reason people use it is either a they do not know how to catch bait, or b they're too lazy to do it. <laughs> but why else would you? Why else would you yeah. get something out of the store when you could get it for nothing out of the lake? Chicken's high anymore too. Go to Sam's where it used to be almost giving it away and you can't hardly afford to buy it. It is. It's got expensive. And I'm blaming Dieter Melhorn. I don't care what you say. <laughs> <laughs> and he says 
snow goose is good bait, but you got to smash them with a the truck first. I'd be real careful using that if I was you. <laughs> Cold Creek catfishing, Billy. Welcome. Goldfish is a good, is a good uh, flathead bait, especially when the water is very warm. And um, I think I mentioned this the other day when we were talking about blue cats, but Asian carp has become a natural bait source for all catfish. The problem with Asian carp is they grow so fast, they get too big that a fish can't handle them, like especially channel cats. Um, blues and four kids, they can handle them till they get a lot mm -hmm. bigger, but they outgrow them also. Now, if you look at an Asian carp and don't look at where the eyes are located on that fish, they look a lot like a shad. Yeah. And I don't know how, if they smell like one in the water or not, but I know that catfish eat them a lot because they're very high in protein. In Missouri, you are not allowed to use them live for bait. If you get them in the boat, you must kill them. You can't even throw them back out alive legally. I know it happens every day, but you're legally, you're supposed to kill them before you throw them back. I contend if they would let you use them live, they would make great catfish bait, but it's mm -hmm. illegal to do. Yeah. Imagine, could you imagine the little, like, six to eight inch? Oh, man. Right yeah. there live under a float? That's, that's what yeah. I'm talking about right there. Real right. Asian carp is a salt shad. That's, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, we, were talking about, we were talking earlier about, you know, the breeding and stuff like that, and um, you know, how many eggs and stuff that they lay and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, I can't remember if it's about the same for a blue cat, but I know for a flathead, what it's like four to five years to reach sexual maturity. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's, we were talking about how, how many, by that 60,000, right? We're talking about 60,000 being that number for a 50 pounder, right? So in five years, you, you keep having that down to where we're getting to where they're actually reaching sexual maturity now. It's like, how long between that four to five years do you think it takes? To get to be 50 pounds in most waters, you know, like say the rivers. In, in my area, we have the Missouri and the Mississippi River, and, and I'm going to say to reach 50 pounds anywhere from 10 to 20 years because it A depends on the fish, B depends on where it's at, what its food source is, and how much of it is available to them. So they all don't grow at the same rate, but I believe. From what I've read and the studies that I saw, some of them can reach 50 pounds in 10 years. The average probably is more like 20. But I if one that makes 60 or 70 pounds, you'll get him in 10 years every once in a while. Uh, and the bigger they get, the more they eat, the faster they grow. So uh, there's a lot of variables in there. Good points. Good points. Now, how do you age, how do you age a fish? How, how can you how can you tell how old one of them fish are? I don't. Uh, I leave that to the biologists, and they have ways of doing that. But most of the time, they have to be killed, and, and if that's what you should know, like, this. I, why? What do you mean, why? It doesn't matter to me. There is oh. only one way to tell how old a fish is. I'm not killing one. You ask you him to kill it. I ain't going to. So you can set and guess how old those fish are, or you see, yeah, that's the, the other way. They, they kill all them fish doing them studies to give us this information, and they took that fish out of the breeding pool. Yeah. 
See what I mean? <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, we've been educated on this one for actually for a while. Is you know, if you think about you know our buddy Dockery and the and the crappie and the yeah. how do you pronounce the uh, uh, yeah autolens? Yep. I can't pronounce it yeah. right, but you know that. What is it? Say? Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's the only true way to age age a fish. So right. I'm not gonna kill one, so I don't worry about it. Exactly, and that's right, Brian. Okay. He, Steve did do a video with some of that that package. And what's wild is that that packaged Asian carp is shelf stable, so yeah. it doesn't have to be sit there in a freezer or anything. It's shelf it's shelf stabilized. He's still catching fish on it. Yeah, you can keep it in your boat. You talk about that that's the stuff that uh, they sell down at CatCon recently, right? Yeah, yeah. with the dark dark water dark bait. water baits. Yeah. yeah. Somebody decipher that and tell me what he's meaning there. Well, I'll talk about the flathead takes. Talk about the flathead take is compared to other catfish. Is he meaning taste? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Well, I haven't figured out what he's trying to get me to understand there. Maybe he needs to make another stab at putting her out there, Mark. And as much as I'm, I'm going to say this as, as a lie, if that's what we're talking about, taste, flathead are just pure nasty. Most horrible, <laughs> horrible taste of fish. That's not true. He's wanting to know how hard they bite. About their bite. Well, a take flathead, them. in my experience, will take a bait a lot of times. They'll sit there and play with it in their mouth, or they'll just hold on to it. And what the, I think, just me, I think what they're trying to do is slide it down their throat because if they ever spit it out and you get it back, they're crushed. They're crushed. And I believe that flathead will kill baits, not because they're hungry, just because they don't want them around them, especially mm -hmm. a bullhead. I don't know what it is about a bullhead catfish, pardon me, that flatheads don't like. But I think they eat them just to kill them, and they kill them because they're around them and they don't like them. They'll, they'll just... But, I believe that the the I don't know if it's the smell of them or just what it is, but uh, nasty like taste of fish. Nastiest taste of fish. Don't <laughs> eat them. <laughs> but you know, uh, they will hold them in their mouth and usually until they're dead, and then when they go to try to swallow them, that's when they move. Because it seems to me like, and you guys may have different experience, but they will lay there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you just—it's kind of like a channel cat bite, just a little here and a little yeah. there. And you're thinking, "What the hell's going on?" And next thing you know, the rod slammed down. Well, it's done—you done swallowed it then, and then and the battle's on. But yeah. a lot of times they'll just sit there and it, you watch your rod tip, and it'll do like this, do like that, and pretty soon it'll start going down, and then all of a sudden it'll be buried and it's gone, and they're hooked up and they're headed out of town. Yeah, yeah that, that last one that I caught, it was was watching that rod tip, and it would. Drop down and it would just stay that way. Yeah, it just hold it. It pulled down about you know a little bit, just stay there. Yep. And finally, I got fed up with enough of it, picked that rod up and swung it, and just happened to hook up with that fish. But they're they're a very fun fish to catch. They take a lot of experience to catch them. So if you're going to start chasing flathead catfish, you need to start as earlier as early in life as you can. And stay with it and learn as much as you can about it 
Then call me up and tell me what you found out. So the next time I go, I can try your theory. Because I have things that I believe in that works for them, and things that that we've talked about tonight. Things that Doc and I used to talk about. Things that that Chuck Davidson and I used to talk about. Chuck Davidson's a great flathead fisherman. His wife Leanne is is probably as good. But uh, they they catch a lot of flatheads down there where they live on Neely Henry Lake in Alabama. Um, but I also think that flatheads are different to catch, say, on the James River versus Mississippi versus Lake Ozark versus the Ohio. Um, I think it takes a different way to catch them successfully in each area and maybe different baits because I know in Ohio they catch a ton of Flathead catfish on cut baits, and it's rare you catch them on flatheads around me, or on cut bait around me. Now, just not holding your mouth right. Now, I guess, I guess the, I'll uh, try a different one when I'm taking a nap. Maybe that's the problem. Hmm. Would you say that the river flatheads are going to act different than, say, a lake flathead? They fight harder because of current. Yeah. And they're more muscular. Anything that's in a river that has a lot of current, those fish are muscled up and they're tough because they're fighting that current every day, all day long. The lake catfish or any fish, they don't fight current. So, therefore, the muscle tone on them might not be quite as heavy Mm -hmm. as it is on river fish. I want to remind everybody again, Chad, and I know we've talked about this a couple of times, that... uh, Mark from Catfish and Crappie will not have a show tonight, so that's why we're running a little long. We're running on. Who's that? Everybody interested in flat? Well, it's talking about flat. Never never heard of her. Who don't want to do that? Flatheads are my goal this year. That's awesome, Steve. Yeah, keep me posted because I like to to know what people's doing. And I, I don't think that Danny Stone specifically targets flatheads a lot of time, but I know he catches them. And uh, Danny, I think Danny knows a lot more about flatheads than he's let on in chat tonight. <laughs> That's just my oh, opinion. Sure. <laughs> and that I mean, was a- I'm going to tell everybody whatever they want to know. I, you might have to ask me to get it because yeah. I might not think of it at a time, but uh, I want to see everybody catch more fish. Well, we had every intention of targeting flathead more around here than we did previously because after I got D on that one out in uh, Wiley. Yeah. You know, you, huh. you shouldn't start, just so you all know, you shouldn't start your wife off with a 30 plus pound TV. It's it, harder to get her back up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we have some really good flathead around here. Um, you know, and I'd love to, love to do it, but at the same time, I'd like, I'd like getting out there and trying to figure out them blues in a pool. Because, I mean, I know they're out there. They're just... I'll tell you one of the great flathead fishermen. There's a couple of them that comes to mind. The great flathead fishermen, Janet and Big Fox, catches a lot of fish, a lot of flatheads. Um, Doc Lang, he loves catching flatheads. Yep. Um, Chris Souders, great flathead oh, yeah. fisherman. Mm-hmm. I know all them guys really well. If I had to choose, I would probably say Doc or Bink. Um, um, 
Gosh, I can't think of the other couple's name that catches a lot of them out there. We're docking them. We used to fish. They used to meet us down at uh, Cum- or at Owensboro all the time. I can't think of their name right now, but they caught a lot of them. Hey, there's Mark with Worcester Pig Fishing. Welcome, you. buddy. You're not talking about uh, the heights, are you? No, Jack catches a lot of flatheads, too. But yeah. uh, this is an older man and one about my age, and, and they catch a lot of them. Uh, really nice folks. Yeah, wow. But... Um, yeah, there's there. Chris Souders catches a lot of them, but he's in an area that has a lot. He, he's in an area that's got a great fishery for them. It's right off of the Ohio. Yeah, that Scioto River is really a decent river for that. Um, but yeah, there's some. There's definitely some guys here. When you go to the local tournaments, there's there's one in particular that I'm thinking of that it's like he almost guaranteed that he's going to bring in a decent flathead with him. Yeah, David Martin says flatheads are a lot messy. Less messy in the boat over blues, way less slime. I agree with that. I agree with that. James, didn't you just tell Chad what happens to people who lie? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Um, what happened? Mark says I catch more on cut head pieces than live. I do fish lakes mostly, though. He does catch a lot of them out there. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out Whistler Pig Fishing videos, mm-hmm. you need to run over on YouTube sometime and check him out. Very high energy, catches a lot of fish. <laughs> He's just a fun guy to watch. And and we had him on the show here a while back. He is older than me. Uh, so check out Whistler Pig Fishing. I, I promise you, you'll enjoy his videos. They're very well done. Oh, yeah. Here. oh, Danny says, well, I'm supposed to be push your buttons, big boy. You ain't supposed to push back. <laughs> <laughs> Pitcher Bauer does catch a lot of uh, great flatheads, Mark. Um, again, he's up in Iowa, and all those little rivers up there are full of channel cats and blues, mostly channel cats and flatheads, though, uh, especially if they have tributaries off of the Mississippi River because there's no blues that go past the Keokuk Dam, or very, very few. Nobody ever catches them if they go past that. But um, the rivers and stuff, they go up in the eye of from below there that drop in below the Keokuk Dam. They all got blues in them. They all got flatheads in them. And Spencer fishes a lot of those little rivers and creeks and stuff up there. Uh, and he camps out and he cooks fish up, but I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen him cook a flathead. I think the only thing I've ever seen him cook is channel cat, but he may have cooked one and I can't remember it, but, um, Spencer Bauer is another guy who catches a lot of fish. If you want to watch some great videos, he had some videos from down in uh, South America. He posted tonight, Mm -hmm. um, I like the ones that he catches from Missouri and Iowa and places like that better because there's a chance that a high percentage of his viewers will never get to go to them kind of places, but they'll get, they probably get to go on the waters that he fishes in North Missouri and Iowa. So I like those those better, but he catches a lot of great fish and and Spencer's a truly good guy. And and that reminds me, Lyle, I've been, I've been keeping an eye out on deals for, um, trips down to South America for our red tail catfish trip. And, um, yes. Right right now we, we might want to uh, start saving for the next twenty years. 
for the next 20? Is it yeah. that bad? It, it, it's fairly expensive. So, uh, at least everything I found. So, just FYI on that. Quick, my question, here's my last question, I think, for you guys. This number, one, two, three. 123 pound world record. Do you think that flathead record will be beat? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that that flathead record has an asterisk by it? Which one the, is that the one is caught out on the. Um, oh, shoot. The lake out there in North Carolina. South Carolina. No, the, the world record, I thought it's out west. Uh, where's that caught at? In the Elk City Reservoir. Yeah. Let's see here. Oh, Flatty. I'm, I'm thinking blue. I'm sorry. You're, thinking, you're, you're thinking about the word of curve. Yeah, this yeah that's where I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking about the blue. Kansas. I, yeah, I think that that was probably a fluke coming out of that, that reservoir. I think the biggest ones. Now, and here's why I say this. Missouri Department of Conservation, again, they do studies, and they do them for five years before they ever release any information on it. When they was doing their last studies on blue catfish, when they contacted me because I was hammering them every month about why we don't have this information, because it had been over, way over the time, and they said they had shocked up several new, and this was after that Kerr Lake fish was caught, several new blue catfish and flathead catfish state and world records. Now they shocked them up, weighed them, took all the information off of them and released them. Well, once they're shocked up, if anybody's ever seen a fish shock, it ain't hanging around for no more of that action. They're gone. Uh, especially the blues. They, they're out of Dodge. Flatheads are the same way, but they told me specifically that they shocked up several new state and world records. Now, where they was doing this study was from where the Missouri River come in on the west side of our state to the confluence of the Missouri and the Mississippi Rivers. And from where the Mississippi comes in at Keokuk, Iowa, to the confluence of the Missouri and the Mississippi there above St. Louis. So in those two bodies of water, they shocked up several new state and world records. Now, I didn't ask them for specifics because I didn't want to infringe on the what the dealings that we do together to find out where they're at. I do know they had trouble at first finding them. They had to find local fishermen that would tell them where they was catching them because they couldn't find them. They was not looking in the right spots to find those fish. But once they got on them, they found them, and they found great numbers of them and lots of them. Now, one of the reasons why they find the great numbers on the Missouri River there's no commercial fishing on the Missouri River in the state of Missouri. So you will always have great numbers of blues channels and flatheads, but they need to get regulations on the limb liners, trot liners, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Now, they have not done that. I, I constantly on them about that. That needs to be done. They need to stop the commercial fishermen on the Mississippi River, or at least hold them to the same regulations that the everyday fisherman has, we will see the numbers come back on that river. They say the the numbers aren't down. Well, you can go to anybody that's held tournament, catfishing yeah. tournaments for years and years and years, and go back and look through their stuff, 
and it'll prove to you that the numbers are down on the numbers of fish on any of them tournaments. So they can say what they want. I know the difference. And they might BS most people, but they're probably not going to get it past me over once because I'll catch you on the second time. But that's my opinion. Uh, but there are several new state world records being down. Now, blue catfish travel a lot, but the flatheads don't travel that much. Yeah. So when, when they go down for the winter and take them a little siesta, they're not quite as big when they come back out in the spring, but they're still there. They're still there. Well, I, I, the reason I asked that is there was been a couple things that I've heard about that world record. Is one there was like a twenty? If I'm not mistaken. It was like a twenty-three or not a twenty-three. Uh, maybe it was a fifteen, twenty-pound carp inside that belly. I wouldn't doubt <laughs> it. Uh, where I just lost it. But the other thing that I thought very interesting to catch 123, and I can't, I'm not saying this can't be done. I know, I know somebody that's caught a Kentucky state record carp while bluegill fishing on like four or six pound test. But on a Zepco 33 spooled with 14 pound trilene is what that 123 pound yeah. flatbed was caught on. Now, if you've ever caught a carp on rod and reel, that fight is somewhat intense. I mean, mm -hmm. they they go hard. Yes. But I'm sorry, 123. I've caught some decent-sized flathead that put up one hell of a fight. Now, to think that it was done on a, with the Zepco 33. Don't get me wrong. Love the Zepco 33, one mile time phase. Yeah. With 14-pound trilene. What kind of fight was that? You know? Oh, a fight of a lifetime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Steve, that was a great fish. I'm, thanks for sending me the image of that. Um, in Missouri, I can't remember the exact number. It's either just under 100 pounds or just over 100 pounds for our state record flathead. It changed here several years back. Um, I've never seen anything 100 pounds on a flathead. I can only imagine the size of head on one of them dudes. Oh, yeah. I know how big it was on the one I caught. It was a giant. Yeah, I mean, I've you seen know, the pictures of the Kentucky State, the Kentucky State record. You probably monster. drive that Volkswagen in his mouth and open it up. You know? <laughs> yeah. But they're big heads on them. They're Kentucky, funny. Yeah, Kentucky State record's like 97 pounds. And that picture, that, that fish is just monstrous. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I, I love them. And, and, uh, uh, anybody that's ever caught a big flathead, and, and let's face it, anything, a flathead over 10 pounds is a big fish. You will notice when them head shakes start that there's nothing you've ever felt that's like that. It's just not. Yeah. They're pulled, that when they, when they go to try to get back on the bottom and they get trying to, you know, suction that belly to the bottom, they're, it's a, hell of a fight it's awesome it, it really is and and here's something um i never use steel leaders i never do now here recently i have got into crimping heavy monofilament and i used to make fun of brent riddle because he used 150 pound leader material years ago when everybody was using 60 and i still use 60 and 65 pound leader material but if you're after a true monster flathead if you've ever stuck your hand inside their mouth and felt how rough them little teeth mm -hmm. are in there, you need something like that. And 
since I have the crimping stuff now, if I ever see any 100 or 150 pound monofilament, I will probably buy some of that to catch flathead catfish with because it's brazen resistant. And I, I have no desire for any braid that size. Uh, but you crimp that on there, it ain't coming off. It ain't going to break. Oh, well. But if I could find some real small diameter steel cable, they won't, that won't, the teeth won't affect that. That's a good question. If you are thinking you have a record but do not want the fish to die, what should you do? Put it in a, the, find somebody's got the best live well in your area and keep it in yep. that live well and get mm -hmm. on the phone to the conservation department immediately. immediately. It takes them forever <laughs> to get out there. And someone oh, yeah. provide scales. That is one where if you ha you know, have a, be friendly with the bait shop, be friendly with the local bait shops. Find one who will let you throw that fish into their minnow tank for however long you need to throw it in there until you get that biologist down. Because that's right, you got to get a conservation or biologist out there to certify it, and you got to have somebody out there. Uh, this is in Missouri. Yeah. With certified scale, so a tournament director that you know or somebody, a certified scale is a scale that is used to sell meat. Just one of them little ones you hold in your hand, they won't certify them. It's got to be legal for trade scales. They'll put a the Department of Agriculture put a sticker on them once a year to verify that they are accurate. It's the only kind that will work. For verifying state and local records. I was going to say check the check the requirements for for record in uh, the state that you live in or the state that you're fishing in because each yeah. one of them does it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that that's definitely a big thing. You know, Green Machine Outdoors did a thing a while back where he asked several of us you know we have a state record what what's our steps right and yeah you have to know because there are states that they're not going to come out to you the same day no. so if you can't keep that fish alive like i know i think it's the like state of ohio you had to freeze that fish they'll come get they'll come do it when they get time yeah. basically yeah. they're going to you know if night, I'm gonna wait like that i'm going to put it back i'm not going to i would put it back I will, i'm not that worried about having my name in a, in a book yeah I'd rather the fish swim away alive. If I can get it certified, great. If it's going to, if, if it's, it's going to affect the life of that fish, I'd rather yeah, the fish swim away. Unless that, certainly, unless that fish is, you know, like, you know, say it, you know, it got hooked it, it swimming, it swallowed yeah. it. Before. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to let you know, hey, this fish ain't making it. I'm going to, you know, do what it did, and I'm going to harvest that fish too. After, afterwards, after I get everything to get it mounted, um, Danny, you're talking about flathead, and that uh -huh. dollar sign should have probably been a four. Should have been a four. Four twenty-eight oh three. That sounds about right. I knew it was caught on a lake. Couldn't remember which one, but uh, my memory's not like it used to be. But if you if you get on at least for Illinois, if you get on the IDNR website, you can find. I think IDNR has five regions. You can find the fisheries biologist. <sighs> for each region and it will have their phone number on there and you can get a high usually I mean, at least the one we have down here. He's a good guy. I've spoke to him a few times. Yeah. I emailed him questions about Most stuff of and, them are. and he was, oh, yeah. he was 
more than happy to get back with you. I had a question about a fish, sent him some pictures of it, and uh, he passed it on down to a different fisheries biologist. And it, I, I think it went through two or three people before I finally got an answer on it. Yeah. But, uh, but they'll help you find it. You know, they were they were very, very friendly and willing to answer yeah. questions. So. Carolina Catfish, welcome to chat. Well, David. But yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, like you're talking about. One, you have to have somebody witness, you know, a DNR witness scale, but you have to have an actual biologist. Not yeah. every DNR is going to be a biologist that no. can certify right. the fish. Right. That's why so, they, the Illinois at least lists the biologist. They list their biologist. But, uh, getting a hold of them and getting them in there sometimes is a little tougher. So, but uh, yeah. It, it's, it's kind of the way it is, and and uh, you've got to work at, at getting it done. If you want that recognition for that, yeah. uh, that's great. Uh, but if it come down to killing the fish and me having the, my name in a book, yeah. I'm putting the fish back. I just am. Well, like, you know, David, like David was saying, Carolina catfish, you know, photos, we all – I mean, other than Chris, oh, I forgot to say, happy birthday to Chris Lee from Hooks and Hammocks tonight. Ooh, but, you yeah. know, everybody besides him has a phone that we can take uh, pictures with, uh, take some measurements. You know, there's typically stuff on our boat if you don't have a measuring tape or something like that, that you can get something made, you know, some kind of measurements if you wanted something like that. So, Are you trying to say that Chris Lee's phone's taller than he is? No, no I'm saying he, he uh, dropped his phone in the water today like I did one time. Oh, did he drop his oh. phone in the water today? He did. He did. I find that extremely funny. For sure. I did not. My heart sunk for him. I'm going to be honest with you. Wow. No, Mark I didn't Barnum know says that. 81 pounds is a state record in Iowa. Giant fish. Giant. Fish. Well, I guess we know what Chris is asking for for his birthday. So. Let's see. The question is, will Telly let him have another I'm one after gonna... dropping in the water? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure, sure she's already helped him. Uh, do that finance uh, or not finance that claim that insurance claim yeah insurance claim yeah, yeah um, insurance on them. I yeah. think Cindy keeps insurance on mine for that reason. Lyle, so I got a question for you. You know, you keep telling us how Missouri is such a you know superior fishery compared to like stuff like Kentucky and Illinois. No, they got Again, superior water. Your 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 state flathead record rod and reel is only seventy seven point eight. I just That's want to throw right. out there that Kentucky is ninety seven pounds. Oh, I thought they changed that here a while back. It was ninety something. Trot line is a hundred pounds. Maybe that's where I in, in Missouri. Yeah, maybe that's where it was at. That don't count. Of, no, not to me. It don't. No. That don't count to me. So the if Missouri, it ain't rod, you know, it ain't hey, that's that's doable. Seventy pounds fish. Missouri state record flathead seventy seven pounds eight ounces. Yep. Yeah. So see that puts, that answers the question at the beginning. You show when people start asking me about stuff. So it's it's sixty seven and sixty eight. And I can remember that right that head. makes sense. That that makes it right because they're not giants. I mean, I never caught any, I, what I call a giant fish. But you don't call them giants. To me, that is a giant. They are, yeah. but compared to what's available, that they was Brandon. Now, me too. Like yeah, I'm very happy. Thirty four pounds. What is it, it, to me, that is a great flathead. Oh, yeah, a 60-something pounder, that is a monstrous flathead. Yeah, they're, they're big. I don't care what water you're on. Mouth's on them like this, and that's the gospel. I mean, the mouth is that wide on <laughs> one of them. 
That is that is how big your mouth is at an all-you-can-eat shrimp buffet. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Josh yeah. knows. He's seen me in action. Yeah, yeah we, we put the hurt on the all-you-can-eat shrimp. I will say that. We put the hurt on that. Chad watched me over at one in uh, North Carolina. I, we went into that buffet that they had shrimp yeah. in that buffet, and I said, boy, stand back and let the big dog eat. Yeah, I'm still – I got to get you guys over to Lot of Water Creek. Absolutely. Hey, all I seen was – like this, and he was like, "Well, Chad, you sure don't eat much, do you?" And I'm like, "How can I? You took all the food." <laughs> John Boy's catfishing. Welcome. He says the state record in Arkansas is 80 pounds. Yeah. I was just looking. Right. Illinois state record is 78 pounds zero ounces. So we got Missouri beat by just a smidge, but yeah. we got beat. So there's no question in my mind that the Missouri River isn't full of fish because it has such heavy current. In the spring of the year, we get trees in Missouri drop down that probably started out in South Dakota, you know, <laughs> and they because there's no there's no uh, dams. That's the last dam from the Missouri. Pardon me, the last dam for the Missouri River is in South Dakota. It, when they release water out of those two lakes up there, because they held it all winter and there's no water in the river, and then it comes down here, it floods everything every year. And everything in its way, it's so fast that whatever that water touches, it brings down. And it just starts, when it starts going down, it starts making deposit with trees and whatever else floats down, all the way down until it hits the Mississippi. So Missouri is a prime place for it to drop off in trees. And I'm not sad about that. I mean, once you figure out where they're at and you quit hitting them with your prop, you know that there's going to be flatheads in there maybe later on this year and definitely next year. <laughs> so that works for me. One thing that I will say when you're looking for structure and it doesn't matter really what kind of catfish you're looking for, the older the structure is, whether it be a barge or a tree or a root ball, doesn't matter what it is. The older it is and the longer it's been there, the better your chances are of catching a catfish off from it. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But if you get a barge that sunk this this fall, it's probably not going to have much on it until this time next year. But you get one that's been sunk in there, and there's one below St. Louis that's been there for years and years mm -hmm. and years and years. And I've never been there. We didn't catch at least fish one or two fish off of it. Because they're they're stuck in there, and if you can get bait to walk underneath of it, you're gold. Just the way it is. So, man, we've had a lot of great participation in chat. Yeah, we have. I will ask again. I moved. I put it in chat earlier, but yeah, I would definitely appreciate you know the thumbs up. They seem to be getting harder and harder to get on everybody's shows, but mm -hmm. you, know, you guys get so intrigued in the chat. You're you're doing great. You know, being you know part of all of this, we would love to have that support of a thumbs up if you would. You know, we've had up to eighty something people in here, and we're at sixty one thumbs up. So also, if you haven't subscribed, we would love to have your subscription, and you can always join our group down at the bottom and. Participate yeah. that way. Mark says we got record low water here in Iowa on the Missouri and the scour holes this fall were 35 foot deep. Um, here's something I'd like to address before we go, fellas. I know that Danny and a lot of these guys, Mark and a lot of guys are 
are dealing with record low water on the Missouri to Mississippi and in, mm -hmm. in, probably Ohio too. I'm yeah, guessing. Ohio is pretty low. Yeah. Right now is an ideal time for you to go out, even if you have to drive around and take pictures or look at it through binoculars or whatever, and find the structure and the stuff that you've never seen before, may never see again. Take notes, mark them trees, mark them ledges, mark them drop-off and underwater sandbars. Anything that is in the area where you normally fish, make yourself notes because mm -hmm. a lot of that will not float away this year because the water is so low. Now, if there's a great flood, some of it will be gone. But I would be taking notes and marking that stuff down every day that I was available to go out and do it. If it's where you can walk up and down them areas and take notes and find lead and hooks and other stuff that you lost the last 10 years. I was saying, <laughs> if I was anywhere near the Mississippi, I would have been walking them beaches daily. Oh, yeah. You back all the you can get. Absolutely. Danny says done and done. Yeah, I, I, I think that if you're a true fisherman and you don't want to know what you've been missing out on and you're not out there finding it right now, you're, there's something wrong because that is, you're right, uh, QC. Right now is, is the time to be finding out things that you may never see again. Probably won't. Oh, yeah. You get out there and use that low water to your advantage. I put a link in chat there to a video that I did a couple of years ago where we really weren't catching fish that day but the water had dropped down a lot and it, it had exposed a lot of structure that normally would be underwater. And so we were going in and using the uh, mapping feature on the fish finder to get in there, mark these things. And we've gone back uh, after the fact and caught fish there when the water got back up to where, where it was supposed to be. So, yep. you know, low, low water is not fun. Low water, you know, puts a hamper, puts a, puts a damper on things, but, uh, you know, you can use it to your advantage. That's right, Mark. I don't know how much snow they've got in South Dakota and Montana this year. I hope they get in a bunch because we need a lot of water in that Mississippi River mm -hmm. in Missouri. But um, I did post a picture in a chat that I'm involved with the other day of one of the passes up north that they shut down already. Uh, <laughs> the amount of snow on that road was freaking unbelievable, wow. wasn't it, Chad? Yeah. Yeah, they shut that pass completely down. So, and it was it supposedly that snow drains into the Missouri River. Uh, I hope that's the case because we need all the runoff we're going to get. Uh, I had counted on fall uh, rain to help fill us up. Hell, we didn't get that either. We didn't get it. Yeah, uh, we didn't get it like we usually do. So, don't worry, don't worry. The Ohio River is going to come to your rescue again. We got rain all week. We'll send you something down. There we go. I think we're supposed to get two inches of rain between now and Thursday. So I haven't looked, uh, but yeah, we'll take whatever we can get. We'll, whatever we can get to get water in these rivers. Um, the lakes are low in my area, but they're surprisingly not as low as I thought they would be. But some of the ramps are not yeah. usable. Some of the ramps are not usable. So yeah, I was at some rain. of the. I was at a couple of the lo uh, local lakes the other day, and it was. Uh, you could definitely tell it was down and it, I drove over to the spillway and when it's sitting two foot below the, the runoff of the spillway, you know, you're, 
your lakes got low. So, uh, is any of the ramps closed in your area, Josh, from low water? The on the lakes, no. the The lakes you can still they haven't closed any off, but uh, like as far as getting on the Mississippi River, it's really a pain in the neck right now. The uh, the one ramp up there on the Kaskaskia that dumps out into the Mississippi, they've got it roped off and closed. Cape, I was looking at the Cape Gauge today at Cape Girardeau, and uh, I really don't think you could launch there if you wanted to. You'd probably be launching into about 18 inches of water. But uh, Hey, we do that at Mendota every year. What's that? Yeah, you guys have fun with that. I launch at Governor Nelson at State Park at Mendota. I don't launch in that swamp. I have no problem launching in that I, I launched there every time I've ever been. I don't launch it. I launched one time last year in that swamp, and it reminded me why I don't like to launch in the swamp. So I went back the next day to Governor Nelson. So I catch so many fish in there, I ain't going to go nowhere else probably. <laughs> but Caitlin and I did go all the way over to the other side of Mendota the last day we were up there. And Remember you telling her that? Out, checked out the Capitol and, and – she saw all the boats that had been going by leaving wakes on us while we were trying to fish. And she's like, dad, go buy them fast now and throw some water on them. I said, you got it. So, <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> Tell Christine, I sent her a link to them cots that I got. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. So she can look at that. Um, let's see. December, January, February, March, April, six months. Boys. Mm -hmm. God, it's forever away. I know. I know, but I'm, I'm priming up now. I'm getting, uh, stuff ready for going I'm ready me too i can't wait to get up yeah, there. we're all going to be camping at mendota this year except for chad and why what do you say i'm not going to be i didn't figure you said you weren't probably going to camp well That's if i can talk the wife into it i have no problem right. camping. i do but she's I, a prince I, My I, what a I have a problem with me. that motel not letting us sit out there and bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah it's not the hotel don't blame the hotel it's not, but uh, or the sweet you know, little cop that came by that I had guarantee a if I owned that motel and it was costing me customers, I would be oh, at yeah. that, I would be at them city meetings saying, Look, you guys are doing this wrong. Yeah. In fact, all if because, I was all up because there all the time I would do that regardless. Yeah. But yep. yeah, one group of people ran guys the money. And that's usually how it goes. One yeah. one bad apple ruins a whole bunch. So Yeah. That's right, Chad. Don't you forget it. Right. You but think that's a bad way to running through the as long as the way it's not terribly cold. Campground. I got a buddy here, so it'd have to be really cold where we're, anyway. <laughs> we're looking forward to it. I mean, uh yeah. Uh, we had good weather for it last year. We'll see if it holds off again this year. But how, much, how many rain days we have? As long as it, it could it could be a little bit cooler <laughs> this coming year than it, it was. Been, it could have been it cooler, but man, it was, oh it, was my God. it was nice for it was nice for camping, so we didn't what, freeze. Brian B said Ohio River dumpster sale. I know I'm gonna have to time Brian B out. And I love Brian, but I'm gonna have to time him out because he's he's trashing my river here. We can't all fish a pay lake. D, I, I, got I got nice cots, they're big cots. <laughs> But I understand where you come from. I never thought that I would ever say camping again. I thought camping now meant a holiday in. I thought you were messing with me when you started asking about camping. When Cindy mentioned that, I like to fell out of my chair. I couldn't believe it. I, I can see Lyle showing up with a uh, a U-Haul, like a 30-foot a U-Haul with a 
king size bed. And boys, boys. Oh, yeah, just make a little tiny house. Out everybody, of that. Grab, everybody, grab a size bed. <laughs> We're going to <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I'd be tempted. You know, they've got that boat camping up there where you can rent a slip in that little canal. I would be tempted to rent a slip there one night just to not have to uh, load and unload all the time. Load and unload the boat, but that's how we used to do. We went to Memphis for the big tournaments. I'd just be afraid, somebody, be afraid of somebody. Be afraid of somebody messing with the stuff. It was tw- they had security down there in Memphis. It cost us twenty dollars a night. It that's was well it. worth that. Never had to load and unload. AJH, I'm near Kansas City, and I've always been told the Missouri is pollu- too polluted to fish. Not true. Not true. Not true. Some of the best eating fish I ever had in my life. Okay. Every body of water, river wise, they're going to say is polluted. And it is. And it is. Yeah. It is. Every, every state's DNR will tell you what you what is recommended per family that you can eat. Mm-hmm. That's right. The Ohio Most River has got power plants and all the runoffs and yada yada. You get the pesticides runoff, you get the stuff out of the city that runs in the water. It's in everything. It's unavoidable. In your area where you launch, most launch ramps have a sign up. Uh, This is in my area that says how many you should eat and that women, pregnant women especially, and children should only have so much or none at all or whatever the case is. But the PCBs and stuff like that uh, that you're not supposed to, to eat, heed them warnings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve, oh, you're on a roll. Oh, good job, right? Steve. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, I never will forget. We lived at uh, one time, I was working in Columbia years ago, and um, the news would come on about once a month. They would find a dead hooker in the area where we lived in the Missouri River. They was tossing them up in Kansas city. And that's where they would end up finding them is down about right in that area. And I thought, Holy crap. You'd think they'd find him a little sooner than that, but I guess they didn't want to probably, <laughs> but uh, it happened a lot there for a while. I don't know if it still is or not, but yeah, about halfway Kansas, to Kansas city's a rough town. It is. And down by the water, it can get really rough. <laughs> that's what everybody told me. I, uh, I had to go out there for work back in uh, September and, uh, I had asked on Facebook, like, hey, where, you know, where's a good spot to bank fish, blah, blah, blah. And everybody told me, said, don't. Don't go down to the riverfront. Yeah. I said, okay. Our bad, Danny, we forgot. So there are species that you should not eat. It is not recommended. Number one, it's flathead. Number two is blue cats. Um, drum, drum or highly um, push to, you can eat them. Gar. Drum are good to eat. Drum are good to eat. Stop it. Yeah, drum and gar are two fish that we highly tell you everybody they should eat. Asian carp, great to eat. Um, <laughs> Mark says everyone stop fishing the Missouri River so long and I can control the population of flatheads. <laughs> Good wow. job, Mark. <laughs> I get this boat ready. Me and Lyle are coming. I'm coming out there. We're going to go out on the the big boat. Yeah, I can't January. wait for that to happen. And we're we're trying to put together a deal for everybody to show up around here some sometime next year. And 
That'd be awesome. Eat, drink and be merry and, and go fishing and we'll fish the lakes or if somebody wants to go to the Missouri or Mississippi, we'll plan on doing that. We'll do that next year sometime. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it, I'm looking forward to it, you know. So uh, everybody don't want to, everybody does not want to go to Mendota. And I got that. I can't wait to get there. Brian, you're right. Gar's good. <laughs> I ain't eating them nasty things either. You know what? It goes back to our first episode of this. Well, you know, most people think channel cat equals trash fish. It's mm -hmm. the one that gets on your nerves because the little jerks that are stealing all your bait. And that's because they ain't, they have not went up there a place like that or never caught a mature one. Has it. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta have a good, They've never caught a mature one. And had a twenty-something pound cat. channel cat, bend a medium-heavy rod over the water that you blue catfished, <laughs> and be pulling that rod underneath your boat. And you're trying to hold it while it's ripping mm -hmm. your And it's in two to four foot of water. Exactly, it's different. And you when they get up on that tail and, and look like a bass walking across it, there's yeah. nothing like that in a whole wide no, world. There's something to that. Yep. They're, they're a special breed up there, and those fish up there are getting ready to spawn. They're really dark. They got long old whiskers on them. Big mm -hmm. old long, thick whiskers. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful, the most beautiful channel cats you've ever seen. I have not ate one from up there. I won't. I am tempted to, if I catch a really small one, to try one to see if they, I'm sure they taste just like the one. I, they might be really good because you think that even when they're we get old in, in May and it's it's 90-degree water. They're coming they're out of very cold water up there still. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. So, I'm, a, I, you know, if we get a small one, I'm anxious to try one. Uh, I would never kill one of them 25-pound oh, channel cats. There's no way. Uh, but, man. Could you imagine? Oh, it would, you'd, oh have to have a, you'd have to have a winch and a crane to bring them to the oh, shore. Oh, they fight so hard. They really do. They're a lot of fun. That's a great fun trip. It'd it's be a like long coming ways. up with a hundred pound bluegill. You'd never get them in. Oh, that's right. You know, it's it's it's. I forgot. Was it nine hours for me or eleven or something? I don't remember. Yeah, but it's a long way. But once you get there, you're there for the biggest part of a week or a week, and then you come back home. And I still didn't get that red out of there much, did I? But um, they are fun to catch and. Um, I really did not like the the heat last year because I had to put that switch key switch in the boat out there in the, the <laughs> sun and my God I like to die it was so hot out there but it had to be done you know we we couldn't fish without it but um, yeah I look forward to that trip every year um, it's a lot of fun and and uh, I know that that you guys are going to be up there and and uh, we get a few more in there and uh, uh, Mark be up there and Betty Jean and Brandon and uh, probably Chrissy and Ernie and all the people that go up there. Lance McCook, I was up there last year. We had a great time. But everybody that goes, you know, we get together and we, we eat one meal out. Most of the time we're just yep. cooking in a motel parking lot, but they stopped that. So we figured something else out. <laughs> yep, we usually hit that one that one restaurant outside of, outside of town there and – well, we keep going up there. They're going to know us all on a first-name basis. Wow. Chad, That's right, Dan, David Martin. Dee says she can't wait for that. <laughs> I am sure it's a fun trip. But 
Boys, you know, I've enjoyed this series on Channel Cats, Blues, and Flatheads. Um, if any of our viewers have any uh, subject matter that they would like us to talk about, uh, we would be glad to do that. Uh, I thought this was a great idea to talk about Channel Cats and Blues and Flatheads, just like I thought the deal with doing the rod thing was, was a lot of fun. Uh, anything that you guys can come up with, we're always looking for more and better content. Anything that will keep you guys interested in what we do. Thank you all so much for being subscribers and hit, giving us a like once in a while and, and uh, being so happy and content and being a part of chat is a great deal of what we do now. It didn't used to be. Used to have, I remember we didn't have chat, but it's awesome to have you guys visiting back and forth in there. Absolutely. Be sure to subscribe to James Dockway Fishing. That is correct. <laughs> that is 100%. Don't forget, Wednesday night, we're going to be tying jigs on James Dockway Fishing. I told him he's going to mess up. He don't want people subscribing to him. He's going to mess up. He's going to have that win that <laughs> weekly show tying jigs. And he's going to explode. He he's probably going to will. Up. He probably will. Go, you guys need to go back and check it out. It was a fun show last week. It really was. Mm -mm. I don't no, have no. anything else, guys. If... Uh, you guys got any more comments? We'll we'll attack them. We'll, I mean, we've been um, almost two hours. All right, Josh, what you got? I think we about hit it all tonight. We finished up <laughs> our uh, finished up our series on the three big species. I've got a cat fight going on in the behind me here. So no, Danny. <laughs> That's a fun lake to fish. That I, is a I fun lake it. to fish, and we're going to be doing a get-together there. Uh, Parker's setting it up, looking for probably New Year's Eve, so uh, Saturday, December the 31st. Uh, come on down. If you're within within range, come on down and fish at Baldwin. Yeah. We're going to just get a bunch of us out there fishing off the bank and whatnot, and they run you out of there at 4 o'clock. So. Yeah. Um, as far as I, we've, we've got the uh, bait shop Thursday night. We're going to, I guess, celebrate me. It's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday, bud. I'm going to show my birthday. Oh, Pretty man. cool. So, um, but yeah, other than that, we got the uh, Winter Blues coming up in January. The uh, post is out on Facebook. If anybody's interested, we're very limited on spots left. I think we may only have two or three spots uh, open for that. So that means you're going to start drawing from the Wheel of Fortune? Nope, I'm coming first come, first serve. Okay, there you go. So if you are not a part of the Fields to Water uh, Facebook group, you should be. Go over yep. and join that. Um, or if you're not a part of the Fields to Water YouTube channel family, you should go over and subscribe. That way you know when we uh, put that stuff out. So, Absolutely. There's Jello. Third annual Winter Blues. What's up, Jello? I will be... Uh, on Thursday night, right after the bait shop with Mark, and we'll be doing Panfish Nation. Oh, oh. <clears throat> Mark will be in Las Vegas. Mark will be in Las Vegas. I am going to have a guest co-host on this week. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, but i got a cool thumbnail coming up, and I'll post it up later tonight or in the morning so you get to see that we have a mystery co-host. So He's excited about Baldwin. So Baldwin is a fun place to fish. It, it really is. I fished over there that day with Josh and had an absolute blast. It once was we, really once we went to where I wanted to fish and not where Parker sent us, we start catching fish too. 
<laughs> yeah, Lyle, Lyle would have totally won if you would have not listened to Parker. If we did not listen to Jerry, Lyle would have. <laughs> we had a good time. It was really windy and a little nippy, but it was a fun time. And we, we still caught a lot of fish. It is a good time. But I had to take my hat off to Brian that day. He he beat me by what one or two fish. It wasn't much. Wasn't but, much, but uh, yeah, you're right. If we'd have been in that place at the beginning, we'd have probably done all right. But that's fishing. Sure, that's why sure they call it fishing good. and not catching. That's yeah. right, gentlemen. I've had a great night. Two hours. Two hours. It was a great show. Great show. Thank you guys for being my co-host on the show tonight. And. Um, you're going to be doing one by yourself for long. I'm going to take a night off one of these days. No, 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 wait a minute. Now, now we we already had this conversation at the beginning. You're not allowed to have days off. Well, no. I, I, you know, you keep catching me snoozing. I'm just going to sleep right on through. <laughs> You're telling it on yourself now. You go on yourself. We never told that. Well, that, was a, that was an inner group. I can't help it. I get, I get tired. I watch so many. I watch so many YouTube videos. You guys have no idea. <laughs> And um, I fall asleep during some of them. You know what? If you ever need a night off, I mean, we got I'm your confident back. you guys got it handled, so I'm not worried. We got about your it. back. There you go. We'll, we'll I'll keep Josh in line. We'll start, start doing that. About fire while you're gone. I, I will say that might be the only night he ever takes off, Josh, but he'll get a night off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time, every every time he comes into that show, that it's just you and me, and he's going, we're trying to get on the screen. We're just going to hit the remove button every time. Nope, nope. you wanted the night off. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Want to thank everybody for watching Catfish Weekly tonight. We'll be right back here next Monday night. So uh, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. Yep. Have a great week. Have a great week, gal.